and welcome to the RylaCast, the official podcast of Camp Ryla, District 5810. I'm Greg Tepper. Sitting across the table from me is the man they call Josie, Andrew Utz. Hi, Josie. Hey, Greg. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Um, uh, this is... I don't know what episode number this is going to be. Um, are you are you a big milestones guy? Like, are you a big, like, if we... Like, when we get to... Let's just say we get to a 50th episode. Oh, wow. Like, this is not the 50th episode. I want to be very clear. <laughs> we are far from that. Yeah. But, like, if we get to 50, is that, like, more meaningful to you than 49 or 51? I think so. For, like, an arbitrary... Yeah. We did it. We yeah. recorded a free podcast and put it on iTunes. I've been running lately on purpose. Oh, my. Not from anything? Mm, mm, can't, re- can't, can't recommend it. But uh, I've been running, and I recently hit like my I have two parts of my brain one is my one is my like lizard brain and one is my like galaxy brain okay and my galaxy brain knows that round numbers numbers that end in fives and zeros are just numbers they have no special meaning Mm -hmm. or anything like that but like the other day I ran like an even amount of miles Uh. and my lizard brain kicked in is like that's a big deal (laughs) It's like it's like maybe I was just exhausted from running, but like, but like my lizard brain wanted to celebrate. More delirious. Like yes, that's right. Anyway, uh, this is the official podcast of Camp Ryla District Fifty Eight Ten. Perhaps you run to this podcast, and if you do, stop running is not fun. You know who runs a lot? A former guest of this podcast, Becca Egger. Yes. Yeah. Like a lot. Like a lot. A lot. And she's like on purpose. Yeah. I can't. On one hand, I'm doing it, and on the other hand, I can't recommend it. <laughs> like, I just can't. I Yeah, I, uh, bad. I just real quick ran a uh, the Texas Bridge series. More on that, probably an eventual podcast, but yes. kind of just to do it. My older sister got me into it, and it's like two 10Ks and a half marathon. Don't, don't. Ah, that's too much running. Yeah, it really was. And I, my, my lizard brain didn't like... Warn me. You know what's funny? Someone is definitely running listening to this right now, and they're like, maybe I should stop. No. <laughs> finish your route. Keep going. But then consider it. Yeah. You know, I'm just saying. Uh, coming up on today's episode, we have an enlightening conversation, a wonderful conversation with legitimately, I mean this very sincerely, <laughs> one of my very favorite people, uh, Mackenzie Duncan. Ah, uh, yes. Duncan. <laughs> Duncan. Um Formerly Mackenzie Wilson, uh, but we talked with uh, Mackenzie at camp, uh, had a great conversation with her, and so we will hear from her coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, but first, as we are wont to do, we handed the planning reins of this podcast over to our guest. Why did we do that? Like, I've started to wonder why we came up with this format of a podcast anyway, where we just let the guest dictate what we talk about. Do you realize what a bad idea that is? See, what's crazy is we pivoted to this idea from the beginning. We did the first four episodes, and then somebody, I don't even remember who it was, somebody suggested, like, you should do a theme. And I was like, we should do a theme! (laughs) And I never thought anything else. It's a lizard brain. Yep. Um, Lizard brain yells is what I'm telling you. Uh, But we asked Mackenzie to choose a word, a phrase, if you will, off of a big list of phrases. And she chose problem solving. Problem solving. Good buzzword. Um, very good buzzword. You, I guess you're an engineer, so you kind of got to be a math guy. 
Yeah, there's calculators and stuff, too. Sorry to pull back the curtain on that. Wait, you use calculators? Oh, yeah. It's not all mental math? No, no. That really shatters my, like, I think I respect my little brother less now, (laughs) because he's an engineer. Anyway, uh, problem solving. I've got the big segment. I've got the big boy segment. Um, Problem solving is, I think, one of those things that's kind of self-evident in in leadership. I think that it's it's you you the purpose of having leadership skills is to solve problems. And so in in some respects saying problem solving as a skill is like saying okay, so just leadership then? That's what you're mm. that's what you're driving at. It's one of those it's like communication, right? It's like uh-huh. Yeah, that's like the big part. That's like it's like it's like saying uh I can't even think of a good metaphor for that. Uh, but the, the point is that it's so self-evident of what it's like. It's it's the, the very core of what leadership is. But I think that there's a lot of different tentacles to come mm-hmm. off of uh, problem solving. And so I was trying to look up a couple of different things in there. One of them I found is a gentleman named Scott Cochrane. It's probably Cochrane, but it's, it's got an <laughs> E on the end of it. Oh, so yeah. it's got to be Cochrane. Um, he is the uh, – there's some sort of organization called Willow Creek Association. No idea what that is. Uh, not even going to look. You guys look it up. Perhaps <laughs> it's just some sort of terrible organization that I'm hyping up. But anyway, he um, he has a, a, a story or a, a blog post up on his site about how leaders solve the biggest problem-solving problem. And the biggest problem – um, you know, uh, I think that he kind of puts it well. It's like problem solving is the DNA of effective leadership, right? Um, it's like what is a person, right? The person is yes, it's a, a lot of different things. There's a lot of ways to describe it, but one thing you could say is like it's the DNA. That's that's the core of what you are. Problem solving is, is kind of like that. Um, and so the biggest problem, like the biggest problem with problem solving, is how do you get better at the thing you're supposed to already be good at? Do you know oh, what I mean? Like if you're okay. a leader. If you're a leader, I think that it's it's kind of like there's an assumption that you're going to be good at problem solving. Well, but obviously, we all need to improve those things. And he has three small three small clarifying questions um, that I think you know. One of the things is is understanding what the problem is. If we're going to solve it, we've got to understand what the problem is. And he's got three ways to clarify it. The first is: is this a problem to be solved or a tension to be managed? Oh. Okay. Let me tell you something about being married. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you run into this because you and I are wired pretty similarly. Let's say your lovely wife comes home. And she is she's had a rough day at work. She's okay. got this and that and she she's, she she wants to vent and she's venting to you about work. I am the kind of guy that I'm like, okay, let's find a solution to this. We have to find the answer to this problem. When really she's looking at me like a dumb dumb, saying, "No, I just want to vent to you. This is a more, this is more of a tension to be managed." Yes. And so it, it it may be that there are there's not every difficult situation that lands where you are is going to be something you're going to be able to be solve you're going to be able to solve, or that is your responsibility to solve. Which kind of leads you to number two, mm-hmm. which is is it my problem? Because I. And, and and there is a notion that if you are a leader and it's in your jurisdiction, then it has to be your problem. And I understand where people are coming from with that, but I also disagree with it, that, that sometimes it is a problem that is above your pay grade. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it is a problem that can be handled by somebody else. 
But in the end, if the crisis is really a problem, then you got to find out who the best person to handle it is. And maybe it is you, but it's also possible that it's not. Um, and you, you may be tackling a problem that just isn't yours. It doesn't belong to you. And finally, just how big is the problem? And I think that that kind of gets to urgency. That kind of gets to, is this something we need to tackle right now? Is this something that we can put off? Is this something that we have time uh, to figure out? Or is this something that needs a snap decision? Um, You should figure out the scale and the scope of the problem. And then you can better determine how much energy and resources you need to put towards solving it. But there's another thing. As I was reading that, I'm like, okay, well, that's nice. I can just do that. That could be a big segment for the the problem-solving I found something else. I'm going to try to pronounce a word that is very um, that is very <laughs> difficult to pronounce. It's a safe zone. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Iatrogenic. Iatrogenic. Noun. Not your ad- adjective. Um, actually, can I get the dumb computer to um, pronounce word? Oh yeah. Online. Let's do this. Um. Let me see if I can. Let me see if I can do this. No, no. Come on, come on, come on, thing. I'm trying to. You're listening to live coverage of me doing this. There we go. Technology solving problems. Yes, we're doing great. <laughs> Listen to live coverage of me trying to figure out how to work this thing. Okay, let's see if I can turn this up and bring the thing to it. Um. Okay. Iatrogenic. Did you hear that? Oh. I'm gonna bring this down here. <laughs> I was like, yeah, such I a bad it, idea. But iatrogenic. Iatrogenic. Let's try again. Iatrogenic. 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 Okay. Do you know what that word means? I do not. Iatrogenic, or iatrogenic, is relating to an illness caused by medical examination or treatment. What that means is that that is an illness that getting health care caused you. Okay? Okay. Here's what I'm getting at. I think that there are some instances in which problem solving and trying to solve it makes the problem worse. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And at least going about it in the incorrect way can make a situation worse than it otherwise would have been. And so one of the things that I, I read, and I, I, I lost the link so I can't find it, but the idea being, are you attacking this problem in the, in the way that you should be attacking it? Or are you actually making it worse? And I think that by kind of asking those, those clarifying questions of just saying, is this a problem that needs to be solved? Is it your problem? And just how big is it? You can come up with a strategy to effectively deal with it. And I think if you skip over those steps and you just say, we're going to go full, full force into, into solving this problem and not going about it in the way that you should, I think you can cause iatrogenic problems. In the uh-huh. sense that you're only, like, by going and trying to solve something, you're only making it worse. Does that make sense? It does make sense. That made a lot – that 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 hit me in a weird way. I was like, oh, yeah. Like I can definitely relate to that of like um, you know, making like making a mistake because you didn't think things through or, 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 or making – exacerbating a problem. There's a, mm, there's a another big good word. word. Uh, exacerbating a problem uh, without uh, – by not going about it in the right way. So um, that's something for, for – that I was thinking about as far as problem solving is concerned because it's it's hard to talk about because it is so ingrained in what in just the DNA of what leadership actually is. In any case, that's what I came up with. Well, that was really good. It was a nice... Uh, do you mean that? I really do. Okay. I, 
You because you're looking at me and you're giving me the throat slash thing of like stop, stop talking. I'm looking at you and I'm like, I come across a lot of big words that I'm just like, that's a big word. I'll just go back. Eatrogenic. And you like looked it up and you're like, yes, this is. This I did is it. I did. So thank you. Eatrogenesis is the effect on a person. Anyway, sorry. That's it. Uh, okay, enough of my nonsense. Let's get to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. Here's our conversation with Mackenzie Duncan coming up next on the Rally Cast. Josie. Oh, Greg. Once again, we find ourselves here at Camp Hobblepsel in scenic, crime-free Midlothian, Texas. Roadshow. Roadshow. Playing a road game. And for good reason. Because we have a we have a world traveler on our hands. We do. Somebody, like, recently. Somebody who, I think, I think 48 hours ago was not on the continent. I believe you're correct. I'm going to go with that. Just, I'm going to say it confidently so that people believe me. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen... Please give it up for America's Sweetheart. We are joined by Mackenzie Duncan. Yay! Thanks, guys. I know you're really excited to do this podcast. You've been clamoring to be on this podcast for a while. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm joking because she is... uh, She's glaring at me right now. Seething. Seething. Um, So, Mackenzie, how's the week going so far? It's going good. It's, It's been a... A good start to our week at, at Rilo. We still got a lot left, a lot to do. Tonight we've got some big emotional um, barriers to break through, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. So most of it's yet, yet to come. Some personal developing. Uh, yeah. So how, well, what do you do? I guess before I ask the second question, what do you do outside of the road show at Camp Rilo? I thought you were saying the road show of my life. Um, so I'm actually, actually, boy, I mean, <laughs> I am on the road a lot. That's accurate. Um, my job's kind of hard to describe when I'm telling the short of it. I say that I teach camping. Um, going into a little bit more detail, um, my official title is the Assistant Director of Experiential Education. And so I'm focusing on how do we learn through doing and how do we help kids get out and do more things that don't involve screens, that don't involve uh, a lot of thumb exercises, <laughs> um, and, and really getting out and spending time in the world. Um, so then let's back up, and let's go to the beginning of your Ryla story. Tell us, tell us your Ryla story. Okay. Um, camper in 2012, uh, after... I'm so old. You really are. Well, wait. We we are. We are. Go on. Sorry, Sorry continue. You're good. Um, knew about Ryla. Knew a lot about the story because my older brother had been here as a camper. Had been here on crew, working hard every summer. Dad was here, super involved, loving every moment of it. And so they were really um, excited for me to be here. And I had visited a couple years before on Olympics Day and got to see a little bit of the shenanigans. Um, As far as Ryla's story goes, um, I fell in love with Ryla pretty quick. Did it click, like, when... If you can remember, when did, like... Because I I feel like it it clicks for different people at different times. Some people have to leave camp before it clicks. Can you pinpoint a time when you were like, oh, okay, I get it, these are my people? Uh, 
I think I was just so already primed for it because I had already met so many of the awesome people here and had already kind of been brainwashed a little bit that this was going to be the best place ever that I think I came into it with none of the kind of uh, baggage nothing kind of keeping me from just loving every second of it and finding finding a home here pretty quick so um, you mentioned that you teach camping and and Ryla is a camp Mm. so how, how do you it is true is that what the camp before it means? Uh, well, we'll get to Greg. Yes. Oh, yeah, we'll boy. get to Greg in a minute. Um, so Fancy how... is rolling your eyes <laughs> for the radio audience. <laughs> so how do you use tools that you learned at Ryla in your everyday life and job? Absolutely. Um, I, when I was first graduating college and looking for a job and trying to come up with what it was that I was passionate about and what it was that I wanted to do, I actually turned to my dad and said, if I could get paid to do Ryla, I would love to do that every day for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and happened upon a job where I get to do soft skills development. I get to play games and run activities with students and work on leadership development development with students every day in my school. And so um, I think the parallels between the two are so many that it's almost hard to to identify what it is. Later that same evening. And we're back with Mackenzie Duncan after I got legitimately called on the radio during the um, during the podcast interview. So thank you for being with me. Always for toilet things. It's Every radio call I hear is for bathroom you know issues. What? I'm really glad you brought that up because there's nothing I like more than talking about <laughs> fixing people's toilet problems here at camp. Um, okay, so Josie has actually run off, and I'm going to do the, the remainder of the podcast with you. And so we were talking a little bit about your, your Ryla experience, and, and obviously you are kind of, I don't know how to put this, you have a family legacy here, right? You have a legacy here. I do, I do. Do you feel like, um, do, you feel, like do you feel like Ryla, you've made Ryla your own? You know what I mean? That's kind of a hard question to say to answer because, but you were brought in because your 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 brother came here. Obviously, mm-hmm. your your upstanding father Ken is is very much yeah. involved. But do you feel like this is like you have been able to carve out your own place at camp too? I certainly like to think so. Yeah. Um, it helps that um, while my brother was here, and there's still plenty of people here who love him and know him and how awesome he is. Um, he actually was. Uh, deployed mm-hmm. when I was a camper and hasn't been back full time on staff since and so that's actually not to be selfish but has given me some room to really have my own space in camp um, and really get to know and meet a whole bunch of people so I, I, I think so I think that there's been a lot of space for that um, my dad and I have always had a really close relationship, and mm-hmm. we've always been able to kind of coexist in the same place and have enough time to spend some time together, but also enough time to have our own separate identities as well. Uh, you are also one of, oh boy, how many Ryla marriages are there now? A handful. A handful, but you are Indeed. you're one of them. Indeed. You married Keegan Duncan. First and foremost, have you gotten used to people calling you Mackenzie Duncan? So camp is actually the first place where I have been 
using my married last name because mm. I've been traveling all summer and had to use my passport. Oh, that's so right. So I have not gone through the whole legal process yet. So as far as everyone else is concerned, I'm still a Wilson, yet to be changed. So then if, so if I, because I have definitely called you Mackenzie Wilson a couple of times, Absolutely. like to your face. Um, and didn't like you slap me for some reason. I don't get it. Um, do you don't take offense to that? Not at all. I, <laughs> I mean, being a, a teacher, being in a school where kids have known me for quite a few years Wilson. as a, a Wilson, I, I've just kind of accepted that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a long time before there's ever a, a full transition there. Because mm-hmm. it, it's hard for um, people to adjust to, to a change like that. How is married life? Um, it is. It is good. Um, the the pause is. I've been traveling so much. <laughs> I haven't been home. I guess that's worth getting into because because we mentioned off the top that you had just gotten back. You literally arrived. We're recording this on Monday of of camp. You arrived Sunday, Saturday, Saturday evening, basically Saturday like oh, afternoon. Is that about, right? About four. About four. Mm-hmm. Uh, and where were you and what were you doing? I flew in from Munich, but we had been spending two weeks based in Austria hiking the Alps, which is really awesome. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Would you recommend it to our podcast listeners? I would highly recommend it. Um, Austria has a set of huts that provide, you can buy all your food, they give you a nice warm place to stay, all of that great stuff. And um, we were able to spend six days backpacking from hut to hut, which was really cool, and we didn't have to carry tents or sleeping bags, which is always a plus. Man, that is wild. Um, Okay, so, as always, we ask people to choose their own adventure on this podcast, Um, which I understand you said that you listened to on the plane uh, while while you were away. I did. Okay. Correct. That that makes me feel very good. So we have an international audience now. We can claim this is internationally acclaimed. Not sure if that counts. Let me have this, Mackenzie. Okay. Okay. Um, but you chose, we gave you a list of words to choose one, to choose that, that, that really resonated with you. Yours was, you chose problem solving. I did. Uh, why? Um, I think that problem solving is the most, not the most, the best descriptor for experiential learning mm. to me. It's all about how you're solving problems, what are you learning from solving problems, how does your point of view change, all of those kind of things that happen only when there is a problem, when there is something to step through, to be challenged by, stuff like that. So I think that really illustrates a lot of what I do, what I'm passionate about, and um, something that I think is really, really central to growth in general, and specifically to what we do here at Rila. At the end of every podcast, we like to give our guests an opportunity to plug something, something that you're passionate about. It can be a great book you read. It can be a TV show you're, you're into. It can be a thing that you've done that you think everybody else should do. It can be a food. It can be whatever you'd like. The floor is yours to promote something that you think is uh, people listening to this podcast should know about. Mm. As you can tell, we don't. Work. We don't. As you can tell, we do not give the, the guests the questions ahead of time. No, no, didn't give me any time. Well, uh, I guess book book that I'm reading right now. I'm reading Push by Tommy Caldwell. I highly mm-hmm. recommend. I don't know how many people know much about the rock climbing world, but he is not only a phenom who has done incredible, incredible things. Um, 
that the mere mortal cannot imagine, um, but he's also done so while really being an outstanding person mm. and bringing a lot of value. And the book is really cool because he takes a really um, honest approach to talking about what his life has been like. I mean, the life even of a, a famous climber is not a not a pretty one. They call them dirtbaggers for a reason. Um, but it's it's a really cool look at how you can uh, push yourself to the limits and, and really achieve some really cool things just by, again, that problem-solving idea that you see something and if you have that desire to be able to push past it, that you can do some really, really cool things. Um, we've reached the end of the podcast. Was this as bad as you thought it was going to be? Horrible. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Mackenzie (laughs) Duncan. Yay! And our thanks once again to Mackenzie Duncan for letting us pull her away from something no doubt very important that she was doing at camp. Yes. um, To chat with us jokers. I appreciate her time. And another member of your Ryla marriage fraternity. That's right. We grow larger by the year. Yeah, you really do. You really do. Hmm. I'll never be part of that. Well, I mean, maybe. Never say never. My wife might get real sick of me real quick. In any case, thanks to Mackenzie for hopping on with us. Positive thoughts. And And now, with something to leave you with, we go to Chief Correspondent, Josie Ops. Well, thank you, Greg. Uh, something to leave you with. You know, you said something in a previous podcast about reading books. Oh, did I? And uh, and I've become public transit guy. And you told me this. Well, yeah, so I've I've pivoted and I've morphed as public transit. You've guy. You've both pivoted and morphed. <laughs> I now uh, I'm great. I'm book guy on the train. Ooh. I bring hardcover book. Uh, oh, hardcover. Fi- book. Sorry, physical book. Sometimes oh. a hardcover, sometimes a paperback. Uh, and problem solving, like you said uh, earlier, it's it's that weird, like you should know what it is kind of thing. Yeah. It's um, like you're a leader, dummy. You, that's that's your whole – that's the whole gig. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> and, uh, and in the spirit of using large words in my big, dumb, dense brain, uh, the book is called But What If We're Wrong by Chuck Klosterman. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I've actually read this book. You have? I have. Okay. Well, I'd be interested, maybe not now, but uh, I don't know if we have enough time to get your thoughts on the book. Welcome to the Rylacast Book Club. <laughs> uh, and I'm a little bit more than halfway through the book, but the the basic premise is kind of rethinking um, or taking a look back, you know, imagining we're four or 500 years in the future and looking back on now and how are we going to view now as we view four or five hundred years in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I relate that to problem solving because it brings up a lot of questions. Um, it questions things that, that we take for granted. And one of those things is like gravity, for example. Um, so, you know, I know you mentioned that problem solving, <clears throat> don't try to, um, you know, solve something that's, that's not your responsibility. Uh, but at the same time, as a leader, I don't think you should be afraid to question something that's always been uh, just assumed to be correct. The whole, 
we've always done it this way kind of thing. Uh, there's, mm-hmm. there's, there's multiple, usually there's multiple ways to attack a problem. Um, and so this whole problem solving thing, I really like the book and I, I say my big, dumb, dense brain cause I've got the book in my lap and I also have my phone looking up words that Chuck Klosterman uses throughout the book. Yeah. Um, that is, it's, it's a really interesting book and, and he kind of has, um, like an overarching theory, if I remember correctly about it, that, that like fundamentally, uh, here we go. He 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 kind of he has a whole thing called Klosterman's razor. If you've heard of Occam's razor, Occam's razor is the theory that all else being equal, the simplest explanation is usually the correct one. His uh, Klosterman's razor is the best hypothesis is the one that reflexively accepts its potential wrongness to begin with, and he 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 does a great job of kind of breaking down. Kind of over the course of history, it's like what we what people hundred years ago definitely knew to be true. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is definitely the way things are, and now like we think are nuts. Um, and it's not just like fads; it's also just like fundamental things about humanity and time and, and science that we know to be to be true now. Um, it is a really interesting book, so I will second your recommendation. Well, good. Well, thank you. Uh, so yeah, I know that's kind of a weird weird way to go about problem solving, but. Uh that is my but i think it comes it comes back to uh, it comes back to humility right Mm -hmm. it comes back to understanding that like even though you're in charge and even though your job is maybe to help help find a solution to whatever problem we're dealing with that doesn't mean you're always right and accepting that there's a fair chance you're wrong but you're doing the best with what you can i think is is a is an intellectually honest and um it, what's the word? What's like the noun version or the adjective version of integrity? Oh, Integral? Man. Whatever you mean. It, it's, yeah. a, it's a way of going about things with integrity is what I'm saying. So I like that. Good job, Josie. Well, thanks, Greg. That is going to do it for this episode of the Rylacast. A very special thanks once again to our special guest, Mackenzie Duncan, for joining us. Uh, please tell your friends. Please rate and subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends. And here with an antiquated way to tell you how, your friends how to listen to this podcast is Josie. I am speaking slowly. <laughs> Because he's just now thinking of one, and he nodded. Yes. Uh, so go ahead and write it on a little piece of paper. Stick it on a piece of tape underneath your desk in homeroom so that someone else, when you change desks, will look under there mm. and find it. Homeroom. Homeroom. Yeah. Or just do it at your office and then uh, force everyone to change cubicles. Yeah, and then when you get fired. Then well, I find or find another better job. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for spending part of your day with us. And Josie, thanks for your courage. Thanks, Greg. We'll see you next time on the Rylock Cast.